0: Tales from the tinny. Get a muddled up your brass. All right, so the milk thing actually works, and we actually use this in the lab for scientific reasons. I can vouch for it. I can't vouch that it'll change your your cheaper, uh, more um, accessible fish to a, a more expensive kind of taste, but it definitely does help remove those fishy tastes and those muddy tastes.
1: So, so we rule out milk turning an archer fish into a red, or turning a catfish into a cold trout?
0: Yeah, look, it's going to help, but it's not going to completely change things. But we have done this this trick in some of our sustainable seafood cooking classes, and we have managed to trick people um, as to what kind of fish they are eating oh. so you can change people's perspectives I'm, I'm not sure how much and you know how familiar they th- those people would have been with fish um, but it definitely is a, a trick that works
1: so how does milk do it what's it doing and what sort of fish or what sort of flavors in fish
0: does it work for the reason it works is because milk has lots of protein in it and protein likes to bind to things. So for the, the fishy flavour, that's called trimethylamine N-oxide. And so there's heaps of this compound to help keep fish basically stable in their watery environment and the deeper the fish lives the more of this it has because it helps protect from the cold and it helps protect from the pressure and it helps protect from the water and so that compound when the fish gets killed that converts into the stinky fishy flavor which is tma so dropping the oxide the milk binds to that basically and and helps pull it out and you've the trick is you've got to wash it away you can't just let leave it sitting in the milk you can't just add milk to your cooking you've got to rinse it in milk and pour it
1: Emma, according to what you've told us, the deeper dwelling fish are more likely to taste fishier. Um, when we're preparing them for the table but traditionally in the territory milks used not for deep dw- d- dwelling fish but fish that inhabit kind of really muddy billabongs you know that it's to re- it's it's used to remove
0: a muddy flavor so the muddy flavor comes from a different compound which is called geosmin so geosmin is formed by the bacteria that live w- or, and the algae that live in the water with the fish and the fish accumulate that in their muscles so it's... It's a byproduct of the things that are in the water around the fish in those really muddy environments that give you that muddy flavor. But the same, the same trick applies. The geosmin will bind to the protein in the milk and you can wash it on off.
1: Some of the fish, uh, the most fishy fish uh, up here, at least, that people are concerned about, some people don't tend to like, uh, are your mackerels and your tunas, your high oil content fish. Which are pelagic, they're top surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like And not muddy. They're amongst the fishiest, and least muddiest, you you would say. The the process works the same, Emma.
0: The oily ones they can taste more fishy even though they have less of some of those compounds because oils help carry the volatile compounds. So all of the compounds in science are either water-soluble or oil-soluble. And the ones that give you the bad taste when they dissolve in the oil, it helps them carry more easily up to your nose and around your mouth to give you those those experiences of the taste so the oils are enhancing the effect of those fishy tasting properties so there's two reasons why they're going to be fishier after being in the freezer they've had more time for the, the breakdown to occur but also when we put things in the freezer the water expands and when the water expands it busts holes in the cells and when it busts holes in the cells it means the things mix together so things break down more and it means smells get out more because there's all these little holes there Um, so it is going to smell a bit fishier after it's been frozen but you know that that can be okay
1: emma you're also a bit of an expert when it comes to people's genetic makeup and how that changes how they respond to food are some people genetically more predisposed to like or dislike the Fishiness.
0: A lot of it comes from training. So a lot of people think they don't like fish or they think they don't like a particular type of fish or they say they only like white fish. Um, and it's then nonsense. Over time,
1: We've been telling them people, this for decades. People <laughs> who don't like fish just haven't been trained. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: exactly it. And that is scientifically correct. It is yeah. taste training. It's They're learning wrong. to like it. Yeah. Um, and I just say those people haven't had fish cooked properly because... Yeah. If you're not liking it, you're not preparing it. Yeah, and correctly. we need to continue to tell
1: them that their taste preferences are just plain wrong. They're just wrong. And so with their brains, they're, <laughs> just, they're just wrong. Finally, Emma, if we, we've concentrated a lot on milk. If that's not going to turn an archerfish into a red emperor,
0: what will? The real trick is uh, acids. So that's why we add lemon to seafood. The acids are going to break down some of those poor-tasting compounds. The other trick is salt. Salt binds to the receptors on our tongue that makes things taste bad and basically stops it from working so well. Um, So salt will make anything tastier. Lemon acid will make anything tastier. Um, And really adding cream and all those kinds of things that can cover up the tastes. So you're either going to be changing the the response on your tongue. You're going to be breaking things down with the acids.
1: You mean that's that's going to be our money maker? Just add lemon anything and salt to like. anything. <laughs> I, I like it. Tales from the tinny,